to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hi, I'm Dana Torse, and welcome to another episode of the Truth in My Days radio program. Today, I'm here with John Torse and Jason Chan as they discuss the important topic of creation and evolution. We are continuing from the previous episode. We hope you enjoy. A genuine transitional form has to have structures, organs, organ systems that are midway Mm -hmm. between two things. A skin covering, for example, that's some kind of structure that's not quite a scale and it's not quite a feather. It's some feather or something, whatever you would want to call it, a fail, (laughs) which I think would probably be a good word for it. Some that's in between. Now, we did mention that they do try to give you transitional forms. Again, we looked at things like Tiktaalik and and Ambulocetus, Mm -hmm. the walking whale, and and showed these are not transitional forms because they don't have intermediate structures, organs, organ systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, evolutionists in the old days, they used to push things like the Archaeopteryx, which we're told was an intermediate between birds and reptiles. And we looked at their claws to see they're they're bird-like, but look, they have claws and teeth, and birds don't. Modern birds don't, in fact, have teeth, but but there are extinct species of birds that do have teeth, and they're fully bird. There's a bird called the Hoatzin that that does have claws in its its young days. When you look, in fact, you you re-examine, and they have, they've re-examined these traits, characteristics of the Archaeopteryx, and all of them were, in fact, traits of birds find all of them within the that the group of animals called birds. And and most paleontologists today will admit that the Archaeopteryx was a bird. They, they don't try to push it as a transitional species anymore. Okay. Another one that used to be popular when I was a kid, I don't know how much they still push it now, was the supposed evolution of the horse from some tiny little animal, maybe the size of a cat, up to our, our equus today. But that never really fit. Because you, you can put together the pictures of the, the tiny little creature evolving into the bigger, evolving into the bigger, and so on. But in fact, the fossils don't occur. They're not found in that order. And you don't find it. And each of them is fully formed and fully functional. You don't find anything in between. All of these major types appear abruptly. Hmm. And then you have this weird, weird pattern in the ribs of these animals. It's a so-called Eohippus. had 18 pairs of ribs. Orohippus had only 15 pairs. So supposedly evolution, for some reason, caused it to lose three pairs of ribs. Why? How does that enhance survival? It's not clear. And if losing ribs enhances survival, why is it that when you're up to Pliohippus, it jumps back up now to 19 pairs? So evolution supposedly makes it lose pairs of ribs because that's better, but then it makes it get back pairs of ribs. Then it loses another one to get to the Equiscotti form. So this one's not pushed all that much anymore either. One of the things you might have heard about Neanderthal man, this is interesting because Neanderthal man, when it was first discovered, was 1856. Okay. What's interesting about 1856? What's interesting is that Darwin hadn't published his book yet. Mm. So they found these, these bones, strange looking bones in the Neander Valley or the Neanderthal in Germany, which is why it's called Neanderthal, man. And they sent these bones to the, the greatest anatomist of the day. And in fact, the 20th century, a fellow called Rudolf Virchow, 
And Virchow looked at and said, oh yeah, these, these are bones of a, a person who suffered from rickets and arthritis. Hmm. Rickets, we don't think about that now because we've pretty much completely eliminated it in the Western world. So we don't even think of that as an explanation when we see bones like this. But it was not uncommon in Virchow's day. And he looked at it and said, yeah, this is this is human being. Yeah, what, what exactly about the bones did, make, did it make him think that it was... They're rickets. thickened mm -hmm. and... It is stooped over. Mm, I see. And and the, these are features you get when you suffer from rickets. Okay. And then, of course, arthritis. I can tell you what that's like. <laughs> so that this is what he said, and, and nobody questioned it. But then Darwin's book is published, and you need evidence. And you're not finding it. Eventually, one French evolutionist named Marsan Boulle, he thought, well, let's use these bones. And he took the bones, and he, he rearranged them. He changed like how they're connected to each other to try to make Neanderthal man look much more ape-like. Mm. And he became the prototypical caveman. And and he stopped being Homo sapiens, just man. He became Homo Neanderthalensis, our ancestor. And that's the one you'll see you know, if you're back in like 60s or 70s watching Scooby-Doo cartoons, for example, with the caveman or... Okay. Or Thundar the Barbarian and shows like that. That that's it's Neanderthal man. He was he was the caveman. Eventually, it was found that this is not true. Uh, other scientists they found new bones, uh, new skeletons that were intact. So you could see that the way Bull had rearranged the bones was false, and he was actually human. And he he stopped being Homo Neanderthalensis. He was upgraded to Homo sapiens. But then again, we need more human ancestors, and eventually on the basis of some very questionable studies of DNA, they downgraded him back to Homo neanderthalensis. But the fun that happens in the last 15 or 20 years, they start finding what they call Neanderthal DNA in the human genome. And they said that, that every human being has a bit of Neanderthal DNA in his genome, which means sometime in the past, when Neanderthal was, was still around, they must have interbred with modern humans, Homo sapiens. But from the scientific point of view, the definition of a species is that it can interbreed. If it can't interbreed, it's a different species. So now they were trying to sell us the line that Homo, the Neanderthal man, Homo neanderthalensis, is a different species, and yet he interbred with us. Okay, oh. which is impossible. If he interbred with us, he's human. Okay, so Virkov was right, and so yes. Shouldn't they say that the Neanderthal DNA was just a remnant of evolution? I suppose they could have said that, but they didn't because mm. of different patterns okay. in different people around the world. Mm. Okay. So different people have different amounts and you know, where, where the DNA is. Okay. So so here's a bit of a problem, but again, we'll, we'll just ignore that. Now we don't care anymore. Mm. So, so they keep finding more and more difficult problems. So let's go back now to Australopithecus ramidus, which became Artipithecus ramidus. You remember that, right? Right, yeah. Well, Artipithecus ramidus suddenly showed up where he became a magical new human ancestor. We saw nice write-ups in uh, USA Today. In the Globe and Mail, the article was headlined, Meet Artie, a mother to all humanity. Before Lucy, there was Artie, who after 4.4 million years is turning the anthropology world on its ear. 
well, 4.4 million minus 16 or so, because remember he was there, he was Australopithecus ramidus, he was a, uh, he was a chimpanzee, but then I found some more bones, created this new species, and lo and behold, he's the mother of humanity. He's, 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 this is our earliest ancestor for which humans came from, mother to all humanity. New York Times had a, had an interesting write-up, but if you read it far enough, they will say this. Let's see, paleontologists are not looking for a missing link between humans and present-day primates, obviously. What they're hoping to find is the earliest common ancestor from which the separate lines of development leading to humans and modern great apes emerged. So they're saying people didn't evolve from gorillas and orangutans and chimpanzees. Uh-huh. Humans, gorillas, orangutans, chimpanzees all evolved from one common ancestor. And that's what we're trying to find. So when you find this common ancestor, you, Artipithecus ramidus, he'll be our common ancestor. Everyone evolved from that. And then the article goes on to explain that what they're hoping to find is the earliest common ancestor from which the separate lines of development leading to humans and modern great apes emerged already is not that common ancestor. Now, so that's just, then what's the significance of Ardi? If Ardi is not the common ancestor, what is Ardi? Ardi is an extinct ape. Mm-hmm. Nothing more. Okay. And yet, look at the write-ups in places like Globe and Mail and USA Today. He certainly presented as being exactly that. And he isn't. And they admit he isn't. But once again, he is being sold and packaged and branded in a way to make the general public believe that, hey, we have found a common human ancestor and it's game over. Evolution is true. All right, let's move to our next topic, which is one that always catches people's interest because so fascinating, even for young people, dinosaurs. Mm. Those thunder lizards that were told roamed the earth hundreds of millions of years ago. The last one's dying out 65 million years ago. Uh, That, though, obviously would cause problems with the biblical time scale. As we saw in Genesis chapter 1, On the sixth day, we saw God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. That's from Genesis 1, parts of verse 24, 25, 26, 27, and 31. What this means, though, is that the dinosaurs that lived on land were actually made on the same day before, but on the same day as people, Mm -hmm. which means they didn't die out long before human beings came along. There were dinosaurs living at the same time as Adam and Eve. And there were dinosaurs taken on the ark, according to the biblical model. And after the ark landed, these would have spread out along with the other animals on the ark. There's reason to believe that the conditions of earth were different. There probably would have been an ice age right after. And the large dinosaurs at least did not do very well. Mm 
and like many many species eventually they went extinct although we don't know when this happened and we don't know for sure that they are all extinct it's possible that there's still some living somewhere in deep jungles somewhere in the world there's a couple of passages in the book of job that refer to animals that could well be dinosaurs which would mean they are still alive at the time of job and job would have been a couple of hundred years before abraham so it's quite a an okay. old old account in job 40 god refers to an animal that's called the behemoth and it's written as behemoth it's just a transliteration straight out of the hebrew it's not translated because nobody knows for sure what animal it refers to and it gives a description here his strength is in his hips his powers in his stomach muscles he moves his tail like a cedar the sinews of his thighs are tightly knit his bones are like beams of bronze his ribs like bars of iron so we're talking about a very large powerful animal with a long tail and it doesn't fit anything alive today that we know of mm. uh, some liberal scholars suggest that oh this is a hippopotamus but a hippopotamus doesn't move his tail like a cedar and be a hippopotamus isn't really all that impressive. Hmm. And these are animals meant by God to show how impressive they are. Right. And the next chapter refers to something that looks even scarier, something that, once again, is transliterated, not translated as Leviathan, Leviathan. And again, a very fearsome animal, so scary that, that people cannot overpower it in any way. And so people have suggested, some commentators, that these are references to two different types of dinosaurs that were still alive in Job's day. Thank you everyone for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.